Are you looking to self-improve and never stop learning? You need to actually have fucked up experiences in order to learn. You're in the right place. Escape the matrix. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You take the red pill, stay in Wonderland. Welcome to Notes from the Underground. You can view it as this fun thing that kind of brings the joy of life. A Kaizen journey with your host, JMC Jr. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Underground, a Kaizen Journey, Episode 2. This particular episode was not originally in the works. Um, this episode is being recorded April 2020. Um, if you are listening to this way in the future, you would know that this is um, we're under the coronavirus pandemic and we are all quarantined, um, semi Semi-mandatory, we're not necessarily forced to be quarantined, but we're heavily advised against going out. Um, and I just want to share my experience about what we've been doing, how my family's been handling it. It, it is a sad situation. There are people getting sick and people passing away from it. But I've really taken this, um, op- this situation and try to maximize it as an opportunity for me to do things that I've always wanted to do with my kids. You know, somebody once asked me, actually recently, what my perfect day would look like. And I said, you know, I'd wake up in the beach somewhere, beachfront home somewhere, and, you know, I'd, I'd have my, my, my kids with me and my wife, and we'd do our stretching in the morning, we'd do our devotional, we'd do our meditation together. You know, we'd do some kind of training, you know, we'd do our reading, we'd eat breakfast together, and um, then we would go on separate ways, and they would go to school, I'd go to my work, and so forth. We, I would come back and have lunch with my wife, and then we would um, work on some, my kids would go out of school by then, we would work on some projects that we're working on, we're trying to grow BHP Trilogy, stuff of that nature, nature, and then we'd come back and do some basketball training, some soccer training, some very specific, you know, growth type training, um, and then we'd have dinner. I thought that'd be an awesome day. And I got to tell you, right now, it's it's very close. Of course, I'm not on a beachfront home, but... I'm doing the Kobe mom mentality in the sense that I'm getting up earlier than my kids and my family, and I'm doing my own morning routine, my stretching, my meditation, my devotional, my walk with God, uh, my reading, and then my kids get up about 7.30, and I do my stretching with them, and I do my meditation with them, and then we do a, a workout. Right now, it's insanity, and it's kicking my ass, to be honest with you, but it's it's awesome. And then we eat breakfast together, and then they do their schoolwork because... You know, schools are closed right now, so they do online learning, and I had to go do my work. And then about lunchtime, we we do our basketball training, um, you know, real specific basketball training, and then we do uh, lunch. And then we have some projects that we work on, you know, things like learning Photoshop, learning, you know, um, learning Premiere, you know, I have my older kid learning SEO, AdWords, and stuff of that nature. And... It's been it's been it's been really spectacular, you know, and you know I, I just feel that this quarantine has really allowed some peace back in my life at least for me. It's kind of stopped me from the whirlwind of the day to days, and it's really reignited my my love for basketball teaching, coaching. You know, um, I'm looking at my old drills. I'm t- learning how to be a better teacher, a better coach. Um, 
really trying to put a good game plan together for my kids, even my soccer for my daughter. Um, and this, the world just seems a little slower, a little calmer, a little bit more peaceful. So I've really tried to take any and all good from the situation. Um, and one of the biggest things that I've done is I've really uh, took in, taken this time to experiment with my educational theories. You know, for a long time, I, I disagreed with the current educational system. You know, I, I didn't feel that uh, they were preparing my kids for the world they were entering. I didn't feel they were taking advantage of the resources that were there. You know, um, my kids don't relate to Shakespeare. And they don't, they don't relate to having a king and a queen. They don't re relate to how they talk and those, those customs. Um, my kids don't relate to books like Animal Farm and, and even like... Um, 1984, which are awesome books, by the way. And, and I got to tell you, when I read Animal Farm when I was 18, 17, it was cool. It was a cool book. When I reread it as a 30, as a 44-year-old with my kid, I thought it was awesome. You know, and, and that goes to show you, I think, that as you mature, certain books, books make more sense to you. But we have great material that we don't use. I think movies, I think uh, music are the Shakespeare's of today. You know, Shakespeare in those times was considered entertainment. Um, the theater was the movies and music and poetry was uh, rap and music today. Yet we discount current entertainment as entertainment instead of trying to take the value from it. So I really try to reverse that and take the, and use those as tools to teach my kids. Um, I found a great resource called Teachers Pay Teachers. They have great lesson plans uh, for a lot of things that I want to do. So um, it's made my job a little easier in that sense. It's been really good. And one of the first things that we did is we did um, a lesson on poetry. I believe that one of the biggest things we need to do for our kids is to tell them how awesome they are because the world will knock them down all day. So we need to make sure that their kids are self-confident have a good self-image and so we actually did a poetry work um called on two poems one called De my deepest fear and one called identity and we heard these poems because poems are meant to be heard not read because words have power words provide invoke emotion you know emotion is energy in motion energy in moving so i couldn't have my kids read it i had to have them hear it where they could hear the power of those poems. And once they read these two poems, they were they then um, created their own poems based on these two poems, and they had to do a presentation for us um, and recite it in front of us, taking some of the Toastmasters kind of uh, game plan. And it was awesome. And if they ever are okay with me sharing it, I'm definitely going to share it with you guys. They wrote some phenomenal poems. It was awesome. Probably my best example, actually, is... Um, working with my oldest son who's working on uh, segregation and discrimination. And one of my biggest beefs with the school system is that discrimination and segregation, segregation are taught as though they are an African-American issue. And it's not really an African-American issue, just like the Holocaust was not a Jewish genocide issue. It was a genocide issue. And because it's taught as a, from the perspective of a Jewish experience, we, we equate genocide with Jewish, but there have been many more, far worse genocides in the history of the world than the Jewish experience. The Armenians, 
um, the killing fields and you know the Native American might be the biggest genocide story yeah we don't equate those to genocide we equate the Jewish experience to genocide just like we don't equate discrimination to anybody else but African Americans and if you don't think um, as a Hispanic that it's an issue for you you know you, you might not know your history as well as you know it because discrimination and segregation has happened a ton of times the Chinese in San Francisco the Irish in New York um, Hispanics you know all around the Southwest because discrimination and segregation is not about race it's about tell them Nipsey access man you know what I'm saying like we, we boxed out even like Angela was saying earlier about like cryptocurrency and technology it, we gotta we gotta we underrepresented in, in technology I just opened a um um a co-work space in, in my neighborhood called Vector 90. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we did our grand opening, Don Peebles, who's a billionaire real estate investor, came down and he's on the board with us. And, you know, he spoke. And, you know, my partner, David Gross, who, whose idea was originally, he put facts about the wealth inequality on the wall mm -hmm. as like the aesthetic of the building. And you look at Facebook, you look at Google, you look at all of these billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar technology companies, mm -hmm. and look at their demographic. It was like a bar chart, white, Asian, you know, black. Mm -hmm. It was like less than, the highest one I seen, I think, was Facebook with like 9% mm. black people working in that country. How many of us got Facebook? All of us. All of us. How many? How many artists who got Hundreds of millions of followers are black. And, you know, they, they, they leverage their value off the amount of people mm -hmm. and eyeballs. So it's that's what I mean when I say in right now at this moment. You know what I mean? That's what, that, that would be what that term represents. Like, we want access. You know what I mean? We should be included. And not only should nobody let us, it shouldn't be affirmative action. We should be educating ourselves and being... Actively pursuing yeah, that Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly what Nipsey said. And there's three huge things that he said in that clip, by the way. Number one is access, access to opportunities, access to knowledge, access to better op um, resources. And there's one, and the second thing he said, it's related to the first. The second thing he said was technology. Technology is the great equalizer of today. You know, the power, all the power of knowledge of possibilities are in the palm of your hand. But we keep on taking technology away from our kids and tell them if it's a distraction. And so they equate the most powerful technology in the last 100 years that's in the palm of their hand and we keep on calling it a distraction instead of teaching our kids how to use that powerful tool to get access to knowledge, to get access to resources, to get access to um, opportunities. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you one example. I, I have several, but I'm going to give you one for the sake of time. I went to pick up some food, and there was a young man there. He must have been about 20 years old. He had a name tag that, that from Target, so he must have worked at Target. And I had a sticker for Bishop Amon High School in my van. And he asked me, oh, does, you know, do your kids go to Bishop? And I said, oh, yeah, my oldest goes there. And he said, yeah, I went there for a couple of years. You know, and I said, oh, you, you already graduated? And he said, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to college, and I'm, I'm going to get my life together, and I'm going to go to college. And I was like, I, I, I don't care if you go to college. 
he, I said, what do you like to do? And he said, well, you know, I, I want to be a writer maybe, you know, and I'm not sure. Or maybe I like to, I like to be a personal trainer maybe. And I said, so you must have, uh, you must have a blog if you want to know how to write. And he said, um, a blog, what do you mean? I thought, well, if you go open up a blog, you can write editorials, you can write literature, you can write whatever you want on that. Blogger.com, it's a free account, open it, create an account, you can share it, you can ask for comments, you can do all that. And he was like, what? He, 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 he really didn't know he could do that. And I said, if you want to be a trainer, you must have a YouTube channel, right? You must have an Instagram account where you give tips on routines and how to become a better athlete and all that stuff. And he was like, no, nah, man, I don't have that. And, and, th and that is my biggest issue. Why aren't schools teaching them these things? You don't, I, like I told him, you don't have to go to college to explore those two potential interests. You could do that right now for free. You have that access to you right now. You have those resources. You have that opportunity right now because technology is that great equalizer. But you see, Nipsey said one other big thing. He said it's an access issue. He said technology. And the last thing he said is vital because just like Cube said, So yeah, I think that a lot of times we look at outside sources to provide those resources to provide those opportunities when we have to start looking within ourselves right within each other to be able to take advantage of technology take advantage of these resources so yes uh to study this for my boy we actually uh studied tupac nipsey ice cube you know ice cube has a great song called black korea that kind of um that kind of uh, predicts the ninety-one, the ninety-two alley rights. Um, we we watched Boys in the Hood together. We did a paper on Boys in the Hood. We did we matched that up with a song by Tupac by a song by Ice Cube called "Bird in the Hand," and it was a great way to bring uh, discrimination and segregation in a way that my kid could understand and could relate to a lot better. So, to me. Um, these resources really uh, the number one thing that they do is they provoke questions and questions provoke thought and thought provoke discussions and discussions provoke understanding so for me it's been it's been awesome to be able to explore those kind of teaching uh, teaching methods and those kind of teaching theories um, we've also used Trello boards um, and if you're, if you're familiar with Scrum and project management, you know, it's a great way to introduce them to that. So we have Trello boards to use to map our, our, our days and our learning. We use Slack to kind of use technology to hold each other accountable, make sure um, they turn in their stuff. I actually don't give them, uh, I actually don't care what they do with their day. Let me put it that way. I say, here are your assignments. Here's your project. Your project's due in two weeks by Friday at 8 o'clock. These assignments are due today at 8 p.m. If you want to take naps during the day, if you want to take breaks, by all means, manage your day. Just know that 8 o'clock, that project's due. In two weeks on Friday, that project's due. Manage your time. I'm not going to ask you if you're taking a nap. What are you doing? Because, like I said, part of it is being self-accountable. 
So for me, we have, we have stand-up meetings on Sunday, which we go over our days and our weeks, um, kind of a little bit of a reflection. Um, we have a daily stand-up, what we do, what we're going to do today, what we're going to work on. And again, I work in 90-day macros, 30-day sprints on what we're teaching and what we're trying to learn. So it has been awesome for me to explore those opportunities. You know, um, I've really taken this time to really um, explore that. And up until right now, at least that experience has been has been very good. These are things that I've always wanted to teach my kids. And hopefully this continues in some way, if not completely the way it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, so anyways, thanks for the listen. Subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Underground, a Kaizen journey with JMC Jr. Keep on the road to self-improvement, and we'll catch you on the next episode.